Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for CEO Exclusive, brought to you by Anona Enterprises. Hi, good morning, and welcome to CEO Exclusive, where we get emerging trends from CEOs and their most trusted advisors. I'm your host, Soyini Koch. So I've had a lot of fun this past couple of weeks going on LinkedIn and seeing all of the past guests and all of uh, my friends and colleagues who've been on the Inc. 500, 5000. Um, so I know that you listeners are just in love with growing your businesses and really excited about growing your companies, which is <clears throat> purely a function of, of sales and getting more sales. So on today's show, we're going to talk to the sales energizer, Dan Jordan, about What's going on in the world of sales and building sales organizations that's different? Like what's changed and how technology and some of the um, new trends are changing sales organizations and what stayed the same? So welcome, Dan. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so pleased to be here and impressed with you and your whole operation. Thank you. I'm honored that you would include me with these other CEOs that you've had in here. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And um, as an aside, listeners... Uh, I was just talking with our producer and the co-owner of the station, Stone, before the show about some of our statistics and how we've been doing. And, you know, we have probably about 10,000 of y'all listening to the show every week. And that's like amazing. I, you know, was here thinking that I couldn't get my mother to listen to the show. Yeah. <laughs> that like maybe I might have one friend who like listens to the show and those are the people that are actually helping me with it. <laughs> that's but, funny. You know, it's nice to know that there, that there are thousands of you listening to the show. So welcome, Dan. Well, thank you. It's funny. You talked about your mother not listening to the show or worried that she won't. My mom is terribly, she's a big educator and all this stuff. And her, her biggest nightmare is that her son became a salesman. Well, I mean, that was, that's the worst thing for, if she was right here, right now with you and you asked her, oh, so how's Danny doing? That's what she goes, how's Danny doing? She said, oh, he's fine. He's doing well. He's, you know, he's in between jobs. You know, <laughs> she still doesn't categorize the world of sales as an actual profession. <laughs> oh, well, tell us what's, what, what is new and what trends you think our CEOs need to be following in the world of building their sales organization so that they can get onto the Inc. 500, 5,000 next year. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's a, a lot has stayed the same and a little bit has changed. Uh, and really, it's just mentality. You even said it before. You said uh, every company wants to get more sales. Really, what they want to get is more customers. And so you, you have to know, you have to have your end in mind. And it's so easily to lose that focus. I, I tell many people, startups and, and existing companies that have kind of lost their way and all that, they, you know, I, I ask them, what is the definition of a business? And if I were to ask you that, I'm sure it would be some fancy, you know, you've dealt with a lot of people and they come up with good. What would you say? Well, I'd say that a, a business is a person, you know, who has a spark, a dream, a vision that's going to be something, whether it's a product or service, and they find a way to transact around that and they build people who help them create those transactions. Exactly. That's it. But and if you bring it down to its essence, the definition of a business is having a customer. You just got to have the customer. You can have the desk. You can have the dream. You can have the vision. You can have all that. If you don't have the customer, it's all a game. And so we just try to focus people on that. And that, that's always been the same, to keep people along those lines. As far as building teams, today's, today's top producer, which is what everybody wants, you don't just want a salesperson, you want a top producer, they have certain skills and attributes that you want to build. But basically, it's no longer 
you can build a team and have a philosophy and push everybody and have a sales manager get everybody going. Each individual salesperson needs to be their own machine, their own advertising, their own motivating, their own presenting, their own branding, their, their own uh, prospecting machine, self-contained. And that, if you got a bunch of those people all together, you can create you know, a business and an enterprise that will last through the ages. Mm. So what about all of these enabling sales te technologies that some of whom we've had on the show, like Sales Fusion? Um, <clears throat> sales Fusion is great, by yeah, the way. Yeah. Like how, how are they changing the way that you feel that our CEO listeners should approach both uh, training their organization or building the organization or measuring measuring their success? Well, sales, great question, by the way. Uh, sales is, is three parts. And uh, two of the parts generally remain the same. So the, the first part is the message. You know your message, what you're selling, your, what your product is, and, and how it could best serve the customer. You know your marketplace. So the first one is message. The second one is marketplace. The marketplace is, is your target market, the customer that you're going after or the, or the person that could best utilize your services. And then the third M, if you want to use it that way, message marketplace, is media. Uh, and the media is basically the delivery system of your message to your marketplace. And that's what's changed. And that's, that used to be like uh, we spoke of before uh, with door-to-door uh, -door salespeople. I mean, that's how you you were one-to-one getting your message out. You were knocking on somebody's door. You want to buy these encyclopedias? Yes or no, and you move on from there. Uh, and then you want to reach more people, so you advertise. It used to be newspapers. It used to be uh, magazines, homeowners associations, all sorts of things. Uh, it goes to networking meetings. It goes to speeches, all different ways to present your message. Now, of course, with the with the Internet, and with all the different options there, people are going towards that. But it's the same message, and it's the same marketplace. You just have to perfect how that delivery system happens. And that's really what's changed, and people are feeling their way through it right now. Mm. So I let's talk about what's, what, in your mind, you think is working or still working or not working um, in the world of these delivery systems. I'm very curious about this. So door-to-door, -door, do people, does door-to-door... Does -door work anymore if you have a salesperson who tries to show up at an office all right well does now, that is that completely dead now you're hitting a sore spot because that's my th i have another website coldcallguy.com cold call and, and it's all about cold calling all these media all these di delivery systems for your message they all work and none of them work but if you use them together you're unstoppable you're it's impossible not to succeed so more directly Absolutely, door-to-door -door works. I built entire businesses with door-to-door. -door just like, I like built, not twenty years ago, or I even built, five years ago. I built, I built a staffing company up to a, a ten million dollars in revenue, exclusively walking in door-to-door. -door. In fact, I would do this. It, it's one of the one of the methods that I teach. I, I call it the card and cookie close. And what I do is, you'll go. Let's say you go to see a client. And you go to see a client and you present your service and you, and, you, and you schmooze and you do whatever you're doing. But while you're there, they generally have, you have offices around here that before I, before I leave today, I'm going to stop in and drop off my card. So I, I do what they used to call was clover leafing back the old pest control people. That's what they do. They do your house and then they do the two houses next to and drop off some stuff. Two houses across the street. They call it clover leafing. Still works today in today's business. So you're seeing a client. 
You don't stop there. You do what you're doing with your client. And then when you leave, you go to the four places around, you drop off your card and you have a great line. Hey, I'm here visiting a client right next door. Thought I'd stop in and introduce myself. Who do I need to speak to about X? Boom. Now, most of the time they're going to say no, because oh, they're not here right now. Terrific. They got a card. Then you grab a card and you have it. So now if it's someone upon your research afterwards that you find that you want to continue with, you make a milk route and every week or every two weeks or every three weeks or every month, you stop by and you drop off your card clipped to a thing of famous Amos cookies. You know, everybody wants cookies, right? No one's going to turn down your card. You know who wants your card when it's attached to cookies? Everyone. I mean, just everyone. And so you go there, you drop it off and you make a name for yourself and you find out and you, and you find out if they can use you and you stay in front of their face and you start your other marketing programs and you get them on your email, you get them on your newsletter list. And then when they have a need, boom, it would be a risk for them to use somebody else all because you knocked on a door. I guess I just want to challenge you a little bit. I'm not sure that I believe you when you say that everything... <laughs> So, you know, no, that's that's fine. You're like my wife. My wife is very, I disagree with you. Thank I'm you. I'm not disagreeing. Yeah, I'm just I, no, I just want to understand. I like it. I, I just want to understand. So I, I'm not sure I believe you when you say that everything is still working. So, for example, direct mail, right? Yes. Or email marketing. I was having a conversation with um, a publisher recently who was who was saying that you know, in years gone by, you could send out a piece of direct mail and you knew, like you knew, like you knew you could build your business off of direct mail, yes. right? You knew you were going to get your 1% to 2% response rate and you could calculate all of your metrics from there. And now, you know, relying on email marketing or other forms of marketing, they're not able to, to, to generate or see the same kinds of return. So I, I would love for you to, to, to maybe kind of unpack like which ones you think are the most effective for particular markets or in which circumstances or, you know, help us or, or help listeners tease out like, because I know that the dynamics have changed in, in regards to which of these media are most effective and not effective. Well, you're, you're absolutely right in one respect. <laughs> I try to focus. And that is that things, your demographic changed. You know, you're, the, the idea of some things work and some things don't work to certain people. For instance, if you're selling, I don't know why I thought of pest control, but if you're selling pest control, direct mail absolutely works. You tell a story about, if you're selling uh, trash services, here's an example. So we had a, uh, a, a uh, in, in my area, it's not done by the city. It's done by, the, the trash pickup is done by individual companies. And so they're all vying for a position. And I, I live in a neighborhood that has like 700 homes. So we're, we're a, a good target because they want to be close together with all their other people. So we're a good part. We always, get, we always get advertisements in our mail for it. Most of them go by the wayside. One company gave us this big thing. It was like a, a full page. It was a giant piece of paper. And it wasn't selling his soft, the services talking about how great their company was. It told the story. Hello, my name is, and he talked all about it. I've been in this business for a long time. I left, I sold. Now I'm back with Avengers because I see of all the, the things happening. Here's a special deal, blah, blah, blah. It was a great direct mail marketing piece. This guy owns my neighborhood now. It absolutely works for certain, for certain aspects, for certain sales. Now, if you're selling software services, I probably wouldn't be uh, putting out my direct mail, please, to my uh, neighborhood with 700 homes. It's not a good target market. So when you're saying whether or not it's going to work or not going to work, you, 
That's those other areas. Your message needs to change slightly because people have changed. We're jaded now. We see a lot of advertisements and things, and we, we know what we, we know we've been burned before. Your marketplace has changed. The demographic of the individual receiving it, the new homeowner or the new businessman or the new or the or the or the old one. It's a different person. You need to direct who your target market is. Once you get those people, that's the whole idea with permission marketing. You said email marketing doesn't work. Email is just another delivery system for that long form type of direct response, direct mail like that person was talking about. That's what email thing. Email marketing absolutely works. If you create a product, you have have this uh, have this podcast and this radio show, which is terrific, uh, which gives people uh, information that they wouldn't ordinarily have. Uh, they respond to you by filling out some sort of form and get on your mailing list. You know you have an absolute target. You know who exactly you're going to hit. Then for free, you put together a story like my trash guy to get somebody interested in it, and boom, it works every time. But it works because... Free advice. I got just got some free consulting. It Thank works you, because you have the right message directed towards the right marketplace, and then you get to choose whatever media is comfortable for you. Boom. I'm sorry. No, it's, it's, it's crazy that I still get excited about this after all these years. Well, you're definitely the sales energizer. Yeah. So <clears throat> for you know, listeners, I want to help. So, uh, so let together. me answer your question directly, though. What's the best method? Everything. You need to be good at everything. You need to be blogging, doing your. So this is. Remember, I, originally I said the the perfect, the top producing salesperson is a little machine. Everybody needs to be a little machine. A machine. You need to be blogging. You need to have your social media presence. That's your advertising. You need to create some sort of product that gets people interested enough to get your newsletter so they, they like you. Th then you're building your target market there. You're building your list. Then you need to create a message. You need to be a terrific presenter that, that tells a story and uh, endears people to you and they want to be with you. The same reason why you want to you know, be with your friends. You like them for whatever reason. And so once you have all that, then you have, you have your own little your referral base and you can ask these people for everything. I tell all the people that I train, 10 years from now, your most important asset is your database. Your database, the people that like you, they trust you, and they want to help you. And so wherever you go, that's yours forever. And the top producing salesperson does that. They get more referrals than anybody else because they have more friends than anybody else because they've served more people than anybody else. Mm. And and so for the CEO who's now managing or hiring these salespeople or, you know, their VP of sales who's doing it, um, how, do, how do they think about building an organization of these individuals who are not necessarily only loyal to themselves, right? Because that database has been built on the back of the company that hired them, not yes. their own personal database, you know? So, well, it takes a confident sales manager to have to deal with that. But you're, you're, you're managing in today's world because things have changed. This is what's changed in today's world. You're not managing a team, that whole idea of a team of everybody, you know, working together and, you know, trying to build for the same cause. That's not a salesperson. A salesperson is out for number one because they know. I, I listen. I want. It sounds terrible. I have this on my desk. I've, I've written this. I, I have five fundamentals of sales that I've that have, that I've put together. I'll take a picture of it. We'll and, put it in our uh, and, and our I blog. read it. Well, I'll, I'll email you a better copy. But 
I read this every time before I make a call and before I before I approach somebody because you almost have to brainwash yourself because of all the, the stigma that happens with salespeople. And, and this is what a top producer does. A top producer takes charge of their own mind because they know they have, they have to succeed. I say sales is the noblest profession on the planet. Salespeople with great products and services make the world a better place for everyone alive. Salespeople earn more than most because they serve more than most, and they do more good than most. If you believe that as a salesperson, if you believe that, if you have the cure for cancer in your hand and you approach somebody and say, hey, I got the cure for cancer, and they say, oh, I'm not interested. You're not interested? Are you out of your mind? I've got the cure for cancer. That's how a top salesperson thinks. They believe and they brainwash themselves to do this. They're out for themselves to serve others. Now, a sales manager who's managing a person like that, you got to give them all the- A bunch of people like that. A bunch of people like that. You got to, you give them all the tools and then you let them go. Part of the tools that you give them is a coach. A sales manager needs to be a coach more than a manager. And if they can't do it, they need to hire someone like me, by the way. That's what I do one-on-one coaching, but that's what they need. They need to get a coach that's going to work somebody through a process and turn them into a master and turn them into that top producer. They need to let go of the idea that we're going to control everything that they say and we're going to control everything they do. You're going to have to get someone with good character that you trust is going to do the right thing for themselves. And by doing so, it will help everybody. As you know, Dan, the second half of the show, we typically talk about culture and how our CEOs can create a high-performing team. So what are your recommendations for engendering loyalty? Because what you were just saying, you know, doesn't sound like a a person who's very loyal to the may or may not be right mm. the company the brand that you know they're either sales manager and let's say the ceo is building so we want to make sure and i know that our listeners are materially concerned and making sure that everybody's all rowing in the same direction everybody's um is is invested in the in the culture and you know there are a lot of ceos that have been on the show who've talked about the holding hands and singing kumbaya and everybody being a team and working together and you know mm. all Schmucky, wicky, lubby, dubby. And so, oh, that's good. you know, that, you know how, how does or how does one create that with the salesperson who might be a little bit of a. So uh, it's a simple answer. Was, Most things are. So the, if the question is, how do you get everybody schmucky, wicky, lubby, dubby? <laughs> is. <laughs> <laughs> Stone's laughing. <laughs> the, the way to do that is to. Uh, give the availability for everybody to wildly succeed. That's the goal. The goal is for everyone to be successful. I had a uh, I had a company who who started, and his his goal was uh, to get this company that every one of the employee, everyone was earning six figures, everyone. And uh, the, he had a plan for doing that. And it was it was profit sharing and he was doing it. So everybody was getting a cut of something. And so it was just plainly simple for everyone. The more everyone succeeded, the more everyone was going to earn. And so everybody was on the same on the same path. And it works and it happens when 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 sales assistants are earning one hundred thousand dollars a year. Everybody's happy. 
And everybody's loyal. Someone's going to leave for that. And by the way, when you win a lot, generally there's a lot more smiles. Yeah. When there's a lot more wins. And so let's, let's get it together. When you have the sales meetings and people are all excited and helping each other win because the more they win, the more everybody does. That's how you great schmooky wookie lovey-dovey. I may never stop saying that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. it you know, a, a rising tide rises all boats and a, a successful enterprise creates loyalty. And loyalty is, is, is the whole thing. I, when I give my presentations, I always ask uh, that question. I said, uh, you know, people are looking for customer satisfaction. That's a bunch of garbage. What you want is customer loyalty. You know, you want your, your grandmother. You think, I have a, uh, uh, my insurance guy, Bob Steer. Bob Steer, we, for 20 years or something, I'm always using Bob Steer. And Bob Steer, I, I could be sure of one thing on my birthday, which is August 10th. I can be sure of, of two things. One is my mother is going to call me at 1036 in the morning. And number two, Bob Steer is going to be right after her. Bob Steer has called me on my birthday. He didn't send a letter. He didn't do that, all that stuff. He calls me on my birthday. I, if you come to me and say you've got insurance at better rates and things like that, how much do you think you would have to give me to change from Bob Steer? I am so loyal to this guy. He doesn't pay me for any. I've gotten him more business than he knows what to do with. You're he's, mentioning him on the radio. He's the best insurance agent <laughs> in the world. Simply because he created that loyalty. That's what you want. You don't want customer satisfaction. You know what satisfaction is? It's one millimeter above unsatisfied. <laughs> I mean, you don't have a chance to move it. So you want to create that loyalty. How you create that loyalty is do that little extra stuff. And that extra stuff is make and, and you as the sales manager or the owner, if you show loyalty to your employees, they will return the favor. Just like I'm doing with Bob Steer. Any other recommendations or um, thoughts on how our CEO listeners can can make sure that their sales teams are are aligned and growing? And, you know, like I said, they can end up on the Inc. 500, 5000 next year as well. Yeah. uh, And 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 this might sound uh, rough. Vince Lombardi said this. Vince Lombardi, he was asked of the, you know, Vince Lombardi is Mm -hmm. the Green Bay Packers. Football. The, yes. <laughs> yes. Folklore in, in, in football with Green Bay Packers. And Vince Lombardi always had these, you know, killer motivated players. And so he was asked, how do you get your players motivated? And his answer was simple. I get rid of the unmotivated ones. <laughs> you know, so I, I find the right talent. And so for the probably for a sales manager or for an owner or a CEO, Hiring the right talent and retaining the right talent is imperative. And there are certain attributes of a top producer that people need to look for and you need to find them. And I'll give them to you. Thank you. I was going to like, are you going to just leave it out there? Come on. The first thing is what a top producer does is they find a way instead of finding an excuse. A top producer realizes that the only difference between a reason and an excuse is the spelling. You know, they will find a way and they will never give you an excuse. In fact, today I was late. For all you listeners out there, I was late to this thing. And if you recall, what was my reason for saying that I was late? You see, you don't even remember. She couldn't respond. It's all I said was, I didn't leave early enough. I took total responsibility 
It wasn't the traffic. It wasn't a hurricane. It wasn't a zombie apocalypse. It was nothing like that. It was that I didn't leave early enough because if I left early, if I left yesterday, I would have been here on time. I took total responsibility of that. In fact, I, I use that as a litmus test in, in interviews. What I do is I tell my assistant when they set up the interview, I say, tell them that I'm going to ask this question and tell them the answer that I want. The only answer possible is I didn't leave early enough. So I'm going to, I'm going to tell them that I'm going to ask them if you ever come to an appointment and uh, there's tons of traffic and you're late, what do you tell them? And he wants you to hear, I didn't leave early enough. Even though I tell them what I want to hear, the non-top producer can't do it. They say, well, it was tons of traffic. I, I tried, but I could. they'll say that. They'll give an excuse. That's a person you don't want to hire. So the first thing, the top, the top attribute is they find a way, not an excuse. Second is they're students of the game. When you ask them what books on your, on your bed stand, they're going to tell you. They're going to they're gonna try new stuff out on you all the time. They're going to always be learning, and they're not going to be afraid to learn. They love going out. A lot of times, top producers, they get other uh, salespeople that want to take them out to lunch. Mm -hmm. They always accept the lunches because they know they're going to learn something from that. They're going to get some excitement. They're going to get something from that new person. They're, mm. always, they're students of the game. Their desire is to become a master. So they're always working that. That's the second. And the third and probably the most... Uh, easily recognizable is top producers take action mm. and they don't wait for a hundred percent. If it's eight, if they're 80% sure, sometimes if even they're 50% sure, they're going to go after it. They're going to make some mistakes. They're going to fall on their face. They're going to have to apologize. They're going to do all that stuff because they're taking action ahead. And because of that, because they failed so many times, because uh, Thomas Edison wasn't able to get the, uh, the light bulb on the first try, he's going to keep on trying, keep on trying, keep on trying, and eventually get successful. They embrace failure. They seek out rejection. They get rejected more than any. In fact, on this thing that I have, that I'll email out to you and to anybody who wants it, uh, it says, today I will give 20 pitches per day to people Ending with me asking for the order. If you just now, if I ask for the order 20 times, I'm gonna get 19 rejections. But the top producer realizes that nobody remembers the rejections. <laughs> They're all a learning thing. All I remember is I got one yes today, baby. And my family's gonna eat, and I'm gonna serve somebody else, and someone's gonna get the cure for cancer, and life's gonna be better for everybody. How's that? I love it. Yeah, I mean, great <laughs> salespeople are relentless. They're absolutely relentless. Well, but it, but for the right reasons. It, you know, my uh, five attributes uh, the, the the top producing salesmen or great salespeople is one. They're extremely honest and honest to a fault. I mean, honest like are, is this a cold call? Yes, this is an absolute call. This is as cold as it gets. It is a you know I've done that and talked to people and they said, oh, all right, well at least you're honest. What do you got? <laughs> you know, when I walk into an office like this, even uh, when I'm sending an email, I'll say that on an email. This is an absolute cold call. You know, are you interested to read on? And if they read on, you got something going for you. Again, your copy needs to be real good. Uh, uh, certain other, I'm giving you all my secrets here. Is okay? You want some more secrets? Of course. Okay. There are three things. Here's this. When you're first approaching somebody in prospecting, um, the, the there's one rule that I always follow, and that is people will not hang up on you. People will not slam the door on you. People will not shun you away 
while they're talking. <laughs> so you want to get them, you, you want to get them talking. So the best way to get them talking is to ask them questions. And you want to ask them questions of things that they have that they're willing to give you. Now, there's three secret things. Whoever's listening to this, write this down. This is just absolute magic. Or you can just read our blog yeah, at the yeah, end yeah, of just, the, in a couple of Just days. read the blog. It'll the, be on LinkedIn. The three things that people have that they are willing to give away. It's very important. The first thing is opinions. Everybody's got an opinion. Every and they want to give it. So if I were to ask you, Sanini, can you please come give me your opinion on you know why I'm so good looking? And you're gonna come up with an answer. You've got an opinion. You're gonna give me that one. So the first thing when you want to meet somebody, ask them for their opinion. It's almost like a backhanded compliment, you know, because you don't ask the opinion of somebody who's an idiot. You know, what do you care about that? So that the second thing is ask for help. You're a human being. Hey, I wonder if you can help me. It's my seven, my seven magic words. Hey, I wonder if you can help me. You go to Home Depot right now and you say, I need to buy a wrench. They'll say aisle seven. If you walk in there and say, hey, I wonder if you can help me. Where would I find the wrenches? They will grab you by the wrist and drag you over to aisle seven and pick out the first one, the best one for you and give you a discount. People love giving help. It's what human beings do. I bet even you have stopped your car and bought lemonade from two girls on the side of the road and you weren't even thirsty, but you wanted to help them out. That's what human beings do. Lawyers, by the way, don't do that. All right. Next. <laughs> and the last Sorry, one, Lee. And the last one and probably the best one to ask because it is an absolute compliment. You ask for somebody's advice. I wonder if you can advise me. Who would I need to speak with about this? And they will tell you their advice and feel good about themselves for doing it. So there, that's two little tricks that you got right off the bat. What do you uh, think of that? Awesome. No, it's, it's, it's really great. And listeners, we're talking to Dan Jordan, the sales energizer, um, about building a great so- sales organization and recommendations for um, continuing to grow your sales. So any final thoughts as we close the interview, Dan? What's going on new and exciting in your practice that you want to let our CEOs know? Well, yeah. Listen, I'm fully available. What I'd like to do is, you know, what we do, uh, what I do is I go around the country, I give workshops and uh, the workshops are what we call immediate results workshops. We help just about any sales team that day. It's the best sales day of the year when we're there. It's very dynamic and it, it's customized to, to the biggest issue that you're dealing with in the sales process on that day. Uh, the reason why we do that is because our main thing that we offer is one-on-one coaching to people that you want. What it does is it, it builds the top producer and it wraps that whole process around with a little bit of accountability and it makes them, it makes people their best sales. I can, I can guarantee a 26 and a half percent growth in their commission sales. I can guarantee that most people are 50% or a hundred percent, but I can guarantee 26 and a half. And um, I'll, I will avail myself to uh, anyone, if you just go to my website, coldcallguy.com, fill out the little form there that says, I want a workshop, you'll be contacted and we'll hook you up. It's absolutely free. All I ask is for 10 minutes at the end to close. And I'm going to close for that thing. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> well, you wouldn't be the sales energizer if you didn't. Well, thank you, Dan. Um, you already let people know how they can get in touch with you. Um, You've been listening to CEO Exclusive Radio. I'm your host, Soyini Koch, and I hope you have a profitable, productive, and very prosperous week. Thanks. 
This show is brought to you by Anona Enterprises, where strategy is your access to money and performance. Learn more at AnonaEnterprises.com.